All right, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Saturday morning for me, uh, 2 o'clock a.m. to be specific. I'm doing this from Mile Recording Studio, uh, which is not as impressive as it sounds. But I'm recording this following the Nuggets going down 3-0 to zero behind the Phoenix Suns. They lose on their home floor with Nikola Jokic celebrating his MVP honor by receiving the trophy in front of the home crowd. And the Nuggets couldn't really put together an effort to stop the Phoenix Suns. Final score, 116-102. Pretty depressing game. Pretty difficult game to watch, I'm not going to lie. There were a lot of moments here that really stand out from Denver on Denver's side, just not being able to put together a really good string of of moments here to actually win a basketball game. Uh, The Phoenix Suns are great. They are a very, very good team. Let me just say that up front. I think I undersold them at the beginning of the series, and as it turns out, they are way better and way more connected and they're just playing really well, and not a lot to say beyond that. Honestly, like this is just a, a very drastically different teams that were that we're watching here that I expected to be watching. First segment we're going to talk about uh, the sights and sounds of the trophy presentation as well as the first half. Second segment we'll get into the second half where it fell apart, and the third segment we'll kind of talk about where we're going to go from here. Nuggets going down 3-0. What happens now? They're going to play game four on Sunday, but beyond that, like what's what's the end game here? Where where are we where are we taking this season? Uh, we'll talk about that then. But for now, I want to talk about the trophy presentation and I want to talk about the vibe of the crowd. Just kind of entering Ball Arena. This was the first um, fully full capacity home game that the Nuggets have had this season. Everyone was happy, in a good mood, excited. Wanted nothing more than to see a win, celebrate Nikola Jokic. Uh, it's too bad that things went the way that it did because to start this game and then to start the the MVP celebration, it was a lot of fun. Crowd got very hyped for the Joker. They also kind of booed Josh Kroenke, uh, most likely over the television fiasco that's been going on over the past two years that if you've heard me talk about it on Twitter, if you've heard me talk about it on here, then I don't think fans really care who's at fault anymore. I think all they want to do is see their basketball team on TV. And if they have Comcast, then they're still unable to do that. So we're going to see. We're going to see how that pans out. I don't want to get into that tonight. But Strahinia, Nemanja, uh, they were in attendance along with uh, Nikola's wife, Natalia as well as the rest of his family. Uh, the players celebrated with Joker. Everyone was very excited. This was a good, feel-good moment for this team. They had gone down 2-0, but they have the MVP on their side. Everybody's awesome. Everybody's feeling good. And then the game started, and the Nuggets really got hit in the mouth. Denver couldn't score. Jokic and Porter, they did hit some shots. Uh, Porter, not as many at the beginning, but... He did, he still did, he still did, excuse me, still did hit some shots here and there. I had eight pretty early. But Faku, 
Austin Rivers, especially Aaron Gordon, couldn't really get anything to drop for a while. Gordon really struggled all night long. Couldn't hit anything outside of the paint. I thought the three-pointers that he was attempting were sort of rushed. Uh, had a couple that were off the dribble. Had one that was off of a off of a screen, a baseline screen, and caught the ball, turned, and fired up a shot that was a very bad air ball. Uh, just very uncomfortable. In an uncomfortable shooting situation. and It's too bad. Like, he just it was very, very far gone from the three-point shooting that he had in the Portland series. And I don't know if it's anything that the Suns have done, but it really just feels like Gordon's confidence is very shot right now. He hasn't hit a three in this series. So many of the possessions that the starting unit had ended up with Nikola kind of surveying his options and then realizing that the best thing for him to do after having so many guys miss shots was just for him to put up a mid-ranger. For him to drive to the basket. And he started jacking up some shots and got 29 shots up tonight, including, I think, nine free throw attempts. This was a high usage game for Nikola. Um, Faku did hit a couple threes after the initial struggles. Um, He hit them relatively early, early enough that it kept Denver in it during that stretch, but those were big shots. But those were also the only shots he hit all game. Just sort of went invisible after that. Rivers was also invisible. I don't remember the three that he hit. I barely remember the the attempts that he had. Uh, Denver just, they weren't very involved with those two. And not having a backcourt player be impactful in the starting unit is a really bad sign. This was another game where, once again, you saw... Denver's weakness in their backcourt really take form. Six points from Campazzo on two threes. Only attempted five shots, so it wasn't like like he was a pretty low he was low usage, but also low impact. Austin Rivers, five points on five shots, one of four from three. He didn't have a stat other than one turnover and three fouls, and the shots that he took. So low impact. And I I don't think that his defense on Chris Paul or Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, certainly wasn't anything special. Not special enough to really stay out there for longer. It's obviously unfair. It's unfair to ask Austin Rivers in the situation that he was in to be an impactful starting player. But that's where the Nuggets were, and that's what they asked him to do. And he was able to do so against the Blazers. Really met that challenge well. I don't think he's had a good game in this series. And that's sort of kind of coming back to earth if, if you're Austin Rivers. Uh, so Denver's going to they're gonna have to figure it out. Uh, obviously, they're down 3-0 in this series, and you may not have to figure things out for long. But there may be a, a lineup change on the horizon here. Jokic's jumper was short tonight. He just looks like he's exhausted out there. And We've heard this all year long and not all year, but like, especially in the playoffs where not having Jamal Murray for a prolonged period of time and then kind of Michael Porter's weaknesses really flaring up, Jokic has had to carry the load. Will Barton hasn't been around for that long. PJ Dozier hasn't been there. It really has been Jokic and sometimes Monte Morris and Faku 
a lot of these times just being the playmakers for everybody else. There's just not enough playmaking on this team. So Jokic's jumper, I think it's kind of a residual effect here. It's also one of the reasons why he was playing drop coverage later in this game was so that he could stay on the floor and not just exhaust himself. The Nuggets went down early in this one, but they were able to fight back, and and I think it was on the back of Monte Morris and Will Barton. Both were awesome off the bench today, carried Denver's bench unit. Uh, I thought that there wasn't a lot going for Denver's bench. Um, like The only people, like Zeke Najee hit a three in uh, garbage time, but other than him, it was Monte Morris for 21 points, Will Barton for 14, and then Jamichael Green had two. Those were the only players to score off the bench tonight outside of garbage time for Najee. Uh, Paul Millsap, uh, we'll talk about him in the second segment, but not a glowing report from me. Um, it's tough. Denver, they were in this situation, but they did fight back. Jokic got to the rim a little bit more in that second quarter, drew some fouls on DeAndre Ayton and others. Uh, The Nuggets were only down four at the half. After all that they had endured, uh, Aaron Gordon went 0 of 7, I think, in that first half. Maybe it was 0 for 6. I think it was 0 for 7. But after all that they had endured, they were still in the game. 59 to 55. That's bearable. You can make that work, especially with where Denver was. They were down... 15 points, 16 points at various points in the second quarter. So to be able to cut the lead or the deficit to four, you can make that work. The problem is Denver couldn't really do anything with it on the other side. But let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk about that second half. But first, this podcast, as you know, it is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Not only... My favorite sports book, but also America's top rated sports book. I made some bets tonight, and I think I lost them all. I think it's it's too bad. I wanted to bet on Michael Porter Jr. going over for his points, and he didn't quite get over that. Uh, I don't remember what the other bets were that I had, but there are so many other options that it's it's sometimes it's hard to keep track of them all. Uh, yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a great night betting for myself, but that's okay because I've made some money off of DraftKings anyway, and you can too. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook as well, so this is your chance to get involved, get betting on this team. DraftKings Sportsbook, they're putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right, pick any basketball team that is still in contention. The Nuggets will be here for just a little bit. And you could possibly win $100 in site credits if that team wins. They also offer odds on baseball, hockey, so much more. They're safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So make sure to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. That's MHS for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll.
All right, back here, Pickaxe and Raw. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's tough to tune in after a 3-0 loss, but if you're here, that means you're a real one. So thank you so much. Uh, Denver was at a deficit of 59-55 to heading into the third quarter. The problem is that they've been an awful third quarter team, and it really showed once again uh, this was just a really, really tough performance. Denver goes down 31-21 to in the third quarter, which puts them down, and just do some quick math here, 92-76 in after three quarters. So they went from a deficit that was down four to down 14. And then after that, you know, you're, you're not having Joker for a couple minutes here or there. And the deficit can go even even worse real quick, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, but in that third quarter, I thought this was the time where Joker let the jumper fly, um, and he missed almost all of them. Uh, Jokic was 2 of 14 on shots outside the paint tonight. And, and just watching him on press row, felt like he was just trying to will that jumper in. Uh, had one or two, like, like, like I just said, but... For all the others, it just felt like it was he was fighting himself, uh, trying to get that shot to fall. They were all short. He was pretty tired. Clearly was was affected by it. One of six from three. And the jumper just completely failed him in a situation where Denver did have an opportunity to come back. Had he made all of those jumpers, or at least some of them, most of them, Denver would still be in the game. This game wasn't Jokic's fault, obviously. He didn't get enough help. That's the end of that story. He finished with 32 points, and the rest of the starting unit finished with 30. He finished with 20 rebounds. The rest of the starting unit finished with 11. He finished with 10 assists. The rest of the starting unit finished with 1. And that was Michael Porter. Like, Faku Campazzo, Austin Rivers, your two starting guards combined for 0 assists. Aaron Gordon, Secondary playmaking forward for the Orlando Magic. Came over, brought some secondary playmaking to Denver. Finished with zero assists. It was bad. Denver's supporting cast really did fail Joker. But let's be clear. Joker did also finish with 32 points on 29 shots. Not a great efficiency line. He was one of six from three. He even missed four free throws. It was pretty unlike him. Uh, he just looks like... It's really tough to focus right now. Really tough to lock in. Uh, even for him. Even for somebody as great as he is. Michael Porter's defense. Um, I am not, like... I would say that I mostly don't talk about Porter's defense as much as others. And a lot of the reason for that is because I feel like a lot of other people go too far in terms of their discussion of Porter's defense. I will say, though, it's been really disappointing to see him being picked apart throughout this game, throughout most of the previous two. And it was most painful when he switched on to Chris Paul, Devin Booker. But even when he wasn't on those guys, the most painful part was trying to watch him recover to Mikhail Bridges and guard Mikhail Bridges a player who was in his draft class, who was drafted four spots ahead of him, who by all metrics is a pretty equivalent player to Michael Porter this year. 
Porter's been getting outplayed by Mikhail Bridges all series. Some of that's going to be due to the back. Some of that's going to be due to some inexperience. Porter is going to be more raw and less ready for a playoff series than Mikhail Bridges is. Because Bridges had multiple years at Villanova in a high-quality program. And he's had a lot of time in the Suns starting unit, working out his game. He's had more time like on the floor in general, figuring things out. But he still is just, it feels head and shoulders ahead of where Porter is right now. That's not a great sign for where Denver needed this game to be, for the series to be. He hasn't done enough offensively to make up for the defensive struggles, to make those defensive struggles worth it. 5 of 13 tonight for 15 points. 4 of 7 from 3. The 4 of 7 is great. Shot 1 of 6 inside the arc, though. 1 of 2 from the free throw line. Can barely get there. 5 rebounds. 1 assist. Did have 2 steals. He did have a couple moments where I thought he played the weak side rotations well. But they're just so few, few and far between with where he usually is. When they put him in a tough position where he has to close out, where he has to go from the paint to the three and then move laterally, he just can't do it. it. It's like it's impossible. He just cannot do it, which is tough. This is a square one problem. This is where when you were trying to figure out how to play him in the playoffs last year in the bubble, this was that. This was trying to figure out how to get him on the floor so you could take advantage of his talent. Denver's kind of getting back to that place because – the back injury isn't helping him, but he's also not really helping himself with some of the ways that he's scoring offensively or not not scoring enough. It's going to be tough. We're going to have a lot to talk about with Michael Porter at the end of the season. End of the third quarter, the Nuggets had an opportunity to close the gap with Jokic on the floor, and instead it went the other way. Uh, the Suns had an 8-2 run. They campaign three off the dribble against Jokic and a Cam Johnson three off of an offensive rebound. Uh, both of those plays were killers right at the end of the at the end of the quarter. If those plays don't go the Suns' way and Denver scores on the other end more than they did, Denver, instead of going down 14, they might be down six or eight, something like that, in single digits. Start of the fourth quarter, Nikola Jokic is off the floor, Paul Millsap is on, and this was a very demoralizing part of the game, where it wasn't Chris Paul, it wasn't Devin Booker, it wasn't Mikael Bridges or DeAndre Ayton, it wasn't even Jay Crowder. It was Dario Saric, who was taking Paul Millsap to the woodshed repeatedly at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He had already had a play in the in the second quarter where uh, Sarge had gotten past Millsap easily, where it, it just looked like Millsap's feet were stuck in mud. But he did it again, and, and Sarge drew fouls, got buckets, just made Millsap's life hell uh, for those first 90 seconds of that quarter. Millsap aired a three, airballed a three, and Denver had to call a timeout 90 seconds into the fourth quarter, down 20, because the Nuggets couldn't close the gap, and, and they're counting on 
that defensive lineup, Millsap and Green and uh, Monte Morris and Austin Rivers and, and guys like that to be able to figure it out. Well, they just weren't able to do so. 6-0 run really put the game out of reach at that point. 20-point game, 20-point margin. And it was 10 minutes and 30 seconds left, and the game just felt over at that point. Denver outscored Phoenix 31-25 to the rest of the way, but it just didn't matter because the Nuggets couldn't get enough stops. Every time they had a basket, every time they had an opportunity, this was Chris Paul and Devin Booker time. And there were a lot of takes and, and discussion points made of the Nuggets going into drop coverage uh, against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Look, if they didn't go into drop coverage against those guys, then it would have been on Michael Porter and uh, Austin Rivers and Aaron Gordon and whoever else was out there to be great in their weak side rotations. Instead, the Nuggets took the bet that they could make the mid-range shots that Chris Paul and Devin Booker difficult enough that they wouldn't be able to get back into the game, or or that Denver would be able to get back into the game and, and the Suns would be able to miss enough of those that they'd be fine. It didn't work out that way. Denver got burned for it. Jokic got slandered for it because he was the one in the drop coverage, but he was out playing hard hedge. He was out doing a lot of different things against those Suns ball handlers earlier in the series, and he stuck with them pretty well. It was the weak side rotations behind him that failed him, so Denver took that away from the Suns, and they said, okay, you're going to have to beat us two-on-two in the pick and roll in order to win this game, and the Suns answered. They did. I don't think that was a Jokic issue. I really don't. I think it was more of a backside rotations have killed us issue. It's tough. Phoenix just wouldn't be denied in this game. They countered every punch that Denver had. Every single time the Nuggets tried to get something going, it felt like the Suns responded. It felt like Chris Paul was out there, Devin Booker was out there, getting the shots that they needed to get at the right time. Jay Crowder once again goes 4 of 6 from 3. Just hits every shot that he needed to hit. I just don't get it. He's supposed to be feast and famine, feast or famine, uh, but he's just been feasting on, on Denver's defense, and it's just another one of those games. It's another one of those shooting variance games where Denver, they only allowed 26 threes against the Suns, which means that they should have been able to win the math battle. They allowed a fewer amount of free throws. They amount, allowed a fewer amount of threes. Denver nearly doubled up the amount of Suns' three-point attempts, but they only hit two more because the Suns are more talented shooters, frankly. They were able to make it work. It's too bad Denver was in this position, and they're going out pretty sadly here, but uh, this was this was just a, a really tough matchup for Denver where it just doesn't seem like they have a lot going for them. Uh, and Jokic, despite the fact that he was able to get to a 30-20-10 stat line, he just clearly doesn't have enough help. Clearly doesn't have enough support on either end of the floor. 
in order to make this work. It's a miracle, frankly, just watching what this team did. That they were able to get through the Blazers. I I tried to tell people this. uh, And I thought that they would put up a better fight against the Suns, but mostly because I underestimated the Suns. I thought that what Denver did against the Blazers should be commended and should be celebrated by the Nuggets fan base, but also by national outlets. Now they're going to bury the Joker. Now they're going to talk about why ugh, it's just, it's disgusting because like it's very clear that the Nuggets just don't have enough firepower. So look, it is what it is. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about what being down 3-0 really means here and, and what this is going to mean for the Nuggets on Sunday, but also going forward. We'll be right back. so much for tuning in if you did uh, always means the world when you do it's uh it's never easy to to podcast in these situations when you have to to kind of bear the brunt of it for an entire fan base um, especially at now 2 30 in the morning but look it is what it is denver's in a tough spot and this is the job that i signed up for so i can't just be here when things are going well You got to talk about what happens when things aren't going well and and have uh, valid positions about what the Nuggets should be doing now, now that they're down 3-0. This is the most unenviable position in all of sports, in my opinion. It's the team that thought that they had a chance in the series and, and really seriously believed in themselves and got themselves all hyped up. And now they're down 3-0. It shows that you were never as good as you thought you were. Or at least that's what you think. It shows that you're, you start really questioning yourselves. You start questioning those around you. And it's just a very nasty spot. Because on top of being down 3-0, you still have another game to play. And yet no team has ever come back from down 3-0. So... What do we even talk about here? Now that Denver's in this awful position, what do we talk about? What do we say? It just doesn't seem like Denver has the juice in order to get through some of these issues. Last year, they always had Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. They always had the two-man game to really carry their offense. I, I thought that when they had the Utah series, after that ugly game three, where they went down 2-1, They came back in in game four and they changed some things. They changed their starting lineup in game four. It was close. And they got it to a closer place where, okay, they figured some things out. The, the, The Jazz just hit some shots. Jamal went for 50. It felt like Denver could make some things work. They just had to tighten up a little bit. And they did. They won three games in a row with that exact formula. Same thing with the Clippers. It it felt a little bit less certain at that point. 
but they were able to make it work because they had Nikola Jokic, and they also had Jamal Murray, who was figuring things out, and ultimately was a monster at the end of each of those series against the Jazz and the Clippers. Right now, it's just the Joker. He could do it for the first series against a good team, but I think what we're finding here is that it's so hard. It is so difficult to do so against an elite team. And I think that the Suns now, I think it's very possible that they are an elite team. I don't want to say it like outright, but I also think that the Nuggets are an elite team when they're healthy, and I think that they would beat the Suns. So I'm not sure where it really puts them on that spectrum, but I think that they are an elite team. I think that they know how connected they need to be. They've got two great perimeter creators, ball handlers, playmakers for others. They've got great role players too. It's tough. But I hope this gives Nuggets fans an appreciation for the bubble experience last year, for the Blazer series this year, because of how difficult it was in this series against a really good team, like an elite team, Denver was able to face a pretty good team and demoralize them in six games. They weren't able to do so this time, but I think that just, it more says differently about those two teams than it does about Denver. I also hope fans appreciate the difference Jamal Murray makes, and, and I know that I'm, I'm talking to a bunch of Nuggets fans that agree with me here, but without him in the lineup, you really see a lot of the issues that Denver's had to face. There's been a lot of discussion about whether Denver would be better if, if Porter was just the second best player and they, they tried to flip Murray or trade Murray for somebody else, a more defensive-minded guard. Uh, maybe, maybe so, but... I tend to think that Denver, I've just always liked what they had when Murray was out there because he could also do what Jokic is doing. And I don't think Porter can do what Jokic is doing. That's where you come down to playoff basketball and how different it is from the regular season. Murray's absence, it's not the only thing hurting Denver, though. Porter has regressed defensively. He's in a really bad place right now. I'm going to put up numbers on him guarding each of the position players tomorrow for Phoenix, but it just feels like a 100% success rate when they're going against him. And when it's not a bucket, it's a foul. When it's not a bucket or a foul, it's an assist to somebody else who's rotating over to cover for Porter. It just feels like the Suns are scoring too easily, and the defense doesn't care when he's in front of them. It should be a bad thing for the opposing team to have a 6 foot 10 athletic phenom to be able to guard you it should be something that teams are dreading they should be going after the lumbering plodding 7 footer who has to carry the offense all the time they shouldn't feel like they have to put porter in the action every time but they do because he's been so bad I hope it's a teaching moment for him because he needs to learn. He's not over this. He is not over the defensive issues that he consistently faces. The Nuggets were a great offensive team that could figure things out defensively when Jamal and uh, PJ Dozier were healthy. 
if the Nuggets were healthy right now, if everyone was available, they'd be starting their normal starters with Murray, Barton, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic. The Suns would still be scoring, but they wouldn't be able to stop Denver. Like, having Murray and Jokic to consistently run pick and roll, then having Barton be able to run pick and roll, and then Porter coming off of DHOs as a third option, it just drastically changes the calculus, at least in my opinion. Like, if you're the, if you're the Suns, if you're the Suns, you probably want Mikhail Bridges guarding Jamal Murray. That's what they would normally do. So that means that I'd, I'd guess that Chris Paul is guarding Will Barton, Devin Booker's guarding Aaron Gordon, and Jay Crowder's guarding Michael Porter. I think that Michael Porter could have navigated a series where Jay Crowder was the one guarding him for the most of it. Like, he could have figured that out. The Nuggets could have figured that out. I also think that Murray's good enough that even if Mikael Bridges is guarding him, it doesn't matter. Like, he's a son's killer. The Suns wouldn't be able to leave everyone open, especially if Aaron Gordon was in the dunker spot. P.J. Dozier would be coming off the bench, and he'd be able to deploy against Devin Booker, Chris Paul, even Mikhail Bridges selectively. He would also be able to play that help defense. One of the things that's really stood out in this series is how big Denver is playing consistently. They're playing Jokic, Gordon, and Porter in their starting unit. They're playing Millsap, Green, and Porter with the bench. When Porter goes out, it's usually Gordon that has come back in, and then tonight they played a Gordon-Green-Millsap lineup. In my opinion, that's dumb. But it's also what Denver has had to do. They haven't had the opportunity and the luxury to be able to go small. I would want Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter to be splitting the power forward minutes. I'd want 48 minutes of Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter at the four, trying to be athletic, space things out, be able to switch consistently. Instead, Denver's having Green and Millsap out there, and it just hasn't worked. I would want, in my bench unit, Faku, Austin Rivers, P.J. Dozier, Michael Porter, and Jamichael Green. Maybe throwing Murray in there for Rivers, given Murray's healthy in this situation. It just sucks. Like, not having Jamal Murray sucks. I think that the Nuggets are a great team. The weaknesses that have popped up here, they've been clearly unmasked. It's been a lot like the Jazz series last year. Except if Denver had lost the Jazz series. If they had never been able to come back from 3-1. The series isn't over here, but it certainly feels that way. Denver hasn't been able to put together any answers. They haven't even been able to get close. There's going to be a lot to talk about with this roster. Team construction, things of that nature, over the course of the next few weeks. For now, though, the entire goal is to not get swept. You cannot lose game four. Fight tooth and nail. Fight for your team. Fight for your pride. Sunday is a pride game for the Denver Nuggets. You do not want to get swept at home. It would just be an awful way and an awful feeling for the season to end. Given that the Nuggets, like, they've, they've shown that they can compete with the Suns at times. They haven't been able to string together 48 minutes. It's been too bad.
They haven't been able to shoot well. If they shot well, then maybe they'd have a chance, but they just haven't been able to shoot well, and that's just sort of the shooting variance that you face. Don't get swept at home. Don't do it. If you can avoid it, I think Nuggets fans would be appreciative. They want to see a win. They want to be able to cheer for a win. Let's see if the Nuggets can give it to them. That's going to do it for this episode of Pick, Axe, and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will not have an episode tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be taking that day off, and then I'll be breaking down Sunday's game, game four, whatever happens. Uh, If it's a win, then great. We'll be able to talk about a win, and that'll be fun. It'll be more enjoyable. If it's a loss, then we're going to have some more more content coming forward and trying to figure out how to plan for that offseason. Uh, But for now, let's keep our heads high, talk about this team as the season is still going on, and hope that they can continue to survive. We'll see if they can. That'll do it. Thank you so much. Talk to you guys very soon.